The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I have informed the Doyle of the facts as I have known them that were true at each and every juncture, and I again apologise for the difficulties this has caused and for the distraction that it may have caused and does cause to the important work of government. The Minister's credibility now lies in tatters and at every turn the truth has to be dragged out of him. Sinn Féin, your entire party, filed your returns in 2020 three times because of errors identified by the media. Uh, I have to say you are of Olympic level uh, competence in trying to uh, breed further distractions. Exposing your hypocrisy is not a distraction. It's simply telling the truth. I, I've asked you several times, if you got the service and didn't pay for it, that was a political donation. But Pat, you're literally not, every time I try and speak, you're, you're trying to speak over me, and which, look, I, no, I no, I'm asking you to answer it's, it's the question. No benefit. Any single time that an issue has been raised with us, we have, of course, immediately um, gone and made sure that everything that we've done is correct. This is not what has happened to the Minister. Yeah, that was uh, Pat Kenny uh, grilling Ray Farrell uh, on the show a little bit earlier uh, this week. And other sounds of the week, we are, of course, going to talk now about uh, Pascal Donoghue, the Minister for Public Expenditure and the nature of his political expenses in the 2016 and 2020 elections. Stephen Collins is a political columnist with the Irish Times and he joins me now. Stephen, how would you describe what we witnessed, what we experienced this week? Was it accountability or hysteria? Well, I would call it hysteria, uh, that it was completely disproportionate. Yes, there was an issue, a small issue in my view, of that Pascal Dunhu didn't declare, inadvertently didn't declare a benefit he received during the 2016 and 2020 election campaigns when posters were put up and taken down on his behalf. Yes, it's an issue that deserves some coverage, but in my view, uh, about five paragraphs on page seven would have done the would have done the trick. It's, it's just the, the reaction, I thought, was, was hysterical. Uh, I don't so much blame the opposition. The op- that's what the opposition do, Sinn Féin, of course, try and exploit uh, every issue that comes up and try and embarrass the government. I just thought the media response was completely out, 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 of, out, of, out of control and disproportionate. And really, there were headlines about the minister's job at risk, uh, the minister may have to resign, uh, and I think this was a complete misreading of the situation, and particularly considering that Pascal Donoghue is chair of the Eurogroup, which is the Euro, all the EU finance ministers. Uh, he, putting his uh, career at risk uh, was actually putting the country's reputation at risk, which I think is far more important than Pascal Donoghue's career. So all, all in all, I think it was completely overblown. And I found it talking to ordinary people, I'm talking about my neighbours, mm. uh, and the people I meet on the street, uh, thought it was completely complete nonsense by contrast with my media colleagues who all thought this was an extremely exciting story uh, which uh, really might end with the minister having to resign. And was this, in terms of that coverage, I mean, is this an anomaly, an exception that proves the rule or is it part of a trend? Well, I think it's part of a trend. Now, maybe some of my colleagues have said to me, you're getting old, uh, you're, you're, you're probably getting uh, fed up with these uh, pol- political controversies. Surely, in earlier days, there were similar issues. I think there always have been. The media is always inclined to maybe exaggerate, but so- some things uh, are worth exaggerating. Some things are really worth following up, and some things are resigning issues. Like I made the point writing the Irish Times today that Look, if there was a serious ethical, ethical issue at the heart of this controversy, then Pascal Donoghue's importance as uh, chair of the Eurogroup or his importance as a very fine minister for finance uh, would have to be put to one side. But actually, when it's something so unimportant 
Uh, I think the notion that uh, a minister's, any minister's career uh, is on the line over something like that, I think really shows that we've lost, lost the plot mm. in the media in some ways. And beyond maybe people feeling a little embarrassed about how hysterical they got once this is all over, like, I mean, are there more negative consequences, long-term consequences of the sharks circling over something as minor as this? Well, I think there are, I mean, how do you get people into politics? How do you attract good people into politics? Now, Pascal Donoghue uh, had a very lucrative career, uh, I believe, uh, in the private sector. Uh, Before he came into politics, he was one of the, uh, he was top of his class in Trinity and uh, a a very bright guy. He came into politics, and in my view, he has done a very good job as Minister for Finance. And he's also, I think, committed to his constituency, which is the north side inner city, which is a constituency that needs uh, as much attention and care and focus as it can get. So if people like him are dissuaded from going into politics because they're likely to face uh, this kind, this level of, of attack over a minor issue, well, then I think that we'll all lose in the long run. And I just instanced today as well, the, the number of uh, episodes we've had in recent months of attacks on TDs, uh, people who have, mm. like Holly Cairns of the Social Democrats, who has been stalked, Jennifer Carroll of Fine Gael, who was uh, suffering harassment online and had to go to court. Fine Gael, Senator Michael Carrigy down in Longford, the same thing. A Sinn Féin TD, uh, Martin Kenny in, in, in Leitrim, whose uh, car was burned and who was, uh, was talking about having to move house because of the harassment he's getting. I think the media uh, hysteria over small things uh, brings out uh, these attacks on politicians. Now, politicians are, because they're elected representatives, they're always subject to a bit of abuse. Yeah. We're, inclined, we're inclined to blame. And, and look, we do have to hold them to account. I'm not saying we shouldn't. And even for small mistakes, mm. look, they do need to be reported. But let's get things in perspective. And, and what, what do you say. think fuels that hysteria? I mean, the, the, uh, sometimes I feel it's, I, I'm kind of, I'm reaching for the, the, the low-hanging fruit a little bit, or maybe that's not the right description. I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm lazily reaching for the low-hanging fruit when I, when I blame social media and in a case of yeah. the tail wagging the dog. But uh, does that shoulder some of the blame? I think social media does. Uh, personally, I'm very cynical about social media. I think it's, uh, yes, it, it has had some very negative consequences, but we can't blame everything on social media either. Mm. I think the mainstream media, we've got to take responsibility for whether it's newspapers or radio or television. We've got to take responsibility for decisions we make. And I know in journalism, there's always a competition. We want to be first with the story. Yeah. We don't want the other side to have a better story than we do. We want to get access to all angles on it. And yes, and that competition is healthy, but sometimes it breeds uh, this hysteria and also a kind of a common view that it's a herd-like mentality. Everybody's, everybody's taking the same line on the story rather than you know people coming up with different voices or different opinions or trying to put things into perspective. Yeah, but uh, you know... I, th- I don't know what the percentage of the population is with a Twitter account or certainly who use Twitter regularly. It's, it's quite small. It's surprisingly yeah. small whenever you hear it. Yet the percentage of people working in the media who have Twitter accounts and use it regularly is, it, well, it's almost everybody. I'd say it's well, touching well, on 100%. Right here, uh, I am actually one of the very few people in, in the media who doesn't have a Twitter account. At a certain stage, the Irish Times insisted that everybody uh, have a Twitter account. Mm. I got one of my younger colleagues to set up an account for me, but I've never used it. I've never tweeted because I believe uh, basically it's uh, there's so much abuse online. There's so much abuse on Twitter. 
uh, I, I felt that there was, there was nothing positive about it. And I also felt that as a journalist, you want to put your focus into doing doing what writing yeah. the best story you can or doing the best radio it's, it's program human you can. It's human Twitter nature. You're losing. Yeah, yeah isn't it human all, nature though as well problem. if you're exposed yeah. to all this toxicity and hysteria all the yeah. time? Like it's, it, it, it's natural that you begin to think that does reflect the real world. If you're oh, spending absolutely. all of your time in that world. Yes. And actually one of the reasons I didn't go on Twitter was because the Irish Times allowed comments at that stage, this is back 10 years ago, comments from readers from anonymous people who weren't even subscribers uh, to, to whatever you wrote. And the level of abuse that there was say, hurled at me over expressing what I would have thought were reasonably moderate opinions, I decided I certainly didn't need to go on Twitter and, and <laughs> a bit more of that because uh, it, it does affect you. I, I stopped reading the comments about my own about my own contributions because no matter how much you dismiss them, it still affects you if, if, it, if there is really abusive stuff mm. you're saying to yourself. Why, why do people think like that? Why, why do they get so angry over over, over somebody else having a different opinion? I don't get I, so, I, I, People are entitled to all sorts yeah. of opinions and I don't get angry over it. But I think avoiding Twitter, I think, has been certainly good for my mental health. Oh, yeah. Good advice uh, for this time of the year. Uh, we'll try to follow it through for 2023. Stephen, pleasure. Thanks a million for joining okay. us. Stephen Collins, political columnist uh, with the Irish Times. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.